0: Welcome to the Game Changes podcast. We are your hosts, Associate Professor of Education
1: and Enterprise, Philip Cummins. And prominent educational thought leader, Adriana Di
0: What is the interconnected relationship between character, competency, and wellness? What is a whole education? How does character, competency, and wellness fit within a whole education? How do schools do this? How do schools think about the way in which students might thrive with the adaptive expertise and self-efficacy required to succeed in our world today and their world tomorrow. I think it's time for another series of game
1: changers. Adriano, let's go. Well, it's lovely to be with you again, Phil. And uh, how's that second best city in the country, Sydney, currently treating you?
0: Look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm missing the almond lattes and I must admit there aren't nearly as many quinoa and tofu bushes to be able to just snack on along the way but you know uh, there's lots of suntan and sunglasses in abundance
1: here. <laughs> well I would imagine you'd be able to find some of those things down at Bondi but is that beach still open or is it closed?
0: Um, do you know I, it's, 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 it's hard for me to tell where I am at the moment but uh, I would imagine like everywhere in the country, people are managing the ebb and flow of COVID-19 restrictions with good spirit and good humour. All right. Well, let's
1: launch directly into uh, our Series 3 provocation, and and of course, this being our prologue uh, episode. And again, it is really great to be with you again, Phil, and, and I sincerely hope that everything is going well there in Sydney with family and friends. Um, talking about friends, recently, I actually received a, a message uh, from a friend who, who had an encounter with an ex-student of mine at a recent dinner party. Uh, This ex-student mentioned the impact that uh, I personally have had on a number of their friends, and his words were exactly, you have no idea how many he stopped from suiciding just for being there and being him. I'm not sharing, of course, this with you, Phil, to brag or anything, but I'm sharing this as an insight into the true kind of value of teachers and learning communities that operate from a human-centred learning ecosystem design. Because at the end of the day, people need people and every individual matters. And this got me thinking about what really matters. And it amplified for me that the real pandemic of our industrial model of schooling is the growth in mental illness amongst our young people. Additionally, COVID-19 has sharply illustrated the truth of inequity in our system, especially with reference to the digital divide. According to Parsi Salberg from the Gonski Institute of Education, and of course one of our game changers himself, The pandemic has unearthed this unkind of pleasant truth. And I quote, the education system has unequal structures that have become visible now through this remote online learning period. So what if we decided, Phil, to place wellness at the center of our society? And what is this interconnected relationship between character, competency and wellness within a whole education, within the whole of learning that you spoke of at the top of the show?
0: Yeah, it's just such a good question, Adriano. You know, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? When, uh, when you end up as Johnny on the spot in a school doing various different roles and, and you don't kind of know what the impact is, but sometimes you end up being able to influence lives in a way because of the position you hold. The schools are a bit like that. You know, if you push a school down the bottom left, then it feels it at the top right. You know, it, it's very much a network. It's a complex network and helping a school to sustain its performance, and by its performance we mean to achieve its educational purpose, occurs when we develop a fit for purpose 21st century learning culture. Now, this means as a community, if we're going to understand how all this network fits together and supports the social contract of education, that is to prepare our students to thrive. We need to step forward together into a preferred future where the vision and the vocabulary for education are shared. The value propositions of the school are agreed on by the school community and the velocity, the shape and the trajectory of change are designed and implemented to meet the needs of internal and external context. This understanding about vision and vocabulary, value propositions and and velocity shape trajectory of change was first proposed by our senior partner, Brad Adams, in 2015, looking at the nature of fit-for-purpose culture. And in this series, we want to explore how this culture is functioning in schools, game-changer schools today, and how it draws on a shared knowledge architecture to help it to design and deliver a whole education. We see all around us the imperative that what we do is what we need to do what should be done and what works. Our work through CIRCLE, the Centre for Innovation, Research, Creativity and Leadership in Education, and now A School for Tomorrow, refers to a concept called The Way, and that's a research-driven and evidence-based approach to building a fit-for-purpose 21st century learning culture for a fit-for-purpose 21st century school, A School for Tomorrow. Central to this is the design and delivery of a research-driven and evidence-based whole school framework for education, which is organised around the attainment of an agreed set of graduate outcomes tailored to the needs of a school community that promote student voice, agency and identity, and that in themselves constitute thriving. What we want to explore is how some of these understandings that we've drawn from our research and consulting practice and experience over the past decade all over the world are being played out in schools around the world today. What might it mean in those schools to assemble a whole education that equips, empowers and enables students to thrive?
1: It's really fascinating, Phil, that what you're talking about there, particularly around this notion of equipping and empowering and enabling students you know because we we live in this rapidly changing world and every day life means living through this complexity uh being ready for the things that are thrown at us and enjoying the good fortune with which we are currently blessed uh, particularly you and i there's there's a volume and a pace and intensity to our times that mean that we need to be able to position ourselves to be able to respond to change rapidly and willingly Interestingly, you know, the World Economic Forum, uh, uh, an organisation that we often turn to for all types of great insights uh, and and foresight in many ways, particularly through their their rich reports around education and the world of work. uh, They recently identified eight critical characteristics to define high quality learning in the age of the fourth industrial revolution. The first of which is this notion of being, uh, developing global citizenship skills. You know, in the context of focusing on building awareness about not only our wider world and sustainability, but the active role that we all need to play in society. the second is through this notion of innovation and creativity skills. Looking at complex problem solving, analytical thinking, creativity and systems analysis. The third is that they encourage us to move to, to looking at technology skills. And we've spoken about this at length, uh, Phil, Uh, schools uh, that continue to ignore the integration of technology within their their systems, they're simply kidding themselves. And we need to see more of it. The fourth is a very human one. And and it it centers around the notion of interpersonal skills, our our emotional intelligence, our capacity to empathize. How do we cooperate? How do we negotiate? What does our leadership look like? And of course, what's our social awareness, uh, particularly of the other? The next is this notion of personalisation and self-paced learning. Let, let's just call it self-determined learning, and that's something that you, you and I have uh, spoken about in our toolkits, particularly in, in Volume uh, Two about leading through crisis. The sixth is that we move to the idea of being accessible and inclusive. It's basically education for all, and it's not just limited to the access of, of great facilities and buildings. But you know, learning is kind of wallless, as, as Leslie Medina from Green School would encourage us to, to believe. The seventh is the notion of problem-based and collaborative learning. So this this area where we're giving young people real-world challenges and and helping them to develop not only those skills to solve them, but then to transfer that knowledge and skill. And the last is is this notion that young people are lifelong student-driven learners, that systematically, that across our whole entire lifespan, there's this notion of continuous learning. Now, you know, Phil, these eight critical characteristics incorporate content of skills adaptation and learning experiences that leverage real world opportunities for the transfer of foundational literacies, capability skills, and of course, what you have spoken about so much through your research with uh, Circle in particular is character dispositions. So all should be designed, of course, to help these young people to thrive in this new world, uh, an environment based on the understanding that all young people are fundamentally home to a life.
0: And that's such a powerful thing that you remind us about all the time, Adriana, that that notion of the fragility and the preciousness of life in every individual and and the understanding that who they are is that home for that life and, and therefore our stewardship that is so important to practice in nurturing, in influencing, in inspiring, in challenging and in supporting the development of students in our schools. If we look at those eight big areas that the the World Economic Forum um, proposed, Adriana, and I love the way you keep bringing what we're doing and how we're thinking about things back to these sorts of major top-down research uh, initiatives around the world, It, it gives us a great opportunity to sort of compare it to the stuff that we're doing perhaps more at the ground level. And to think about the way in which learning communities need a strong sense of their purpose. What might that purpose be? Well, we think that it's about promoting a positive sense of character, competency and wellness that supports a rich base for learning growth and achievement to enable all learners to thrive throughout their time at school and beyond. So what does this look like? What, what, what do we think this journey might be? Well, we think that our students need to pursue a pathway to excellence. The pathway to excellence refers to the natural developmental process of growing in character, competency and wellness that follows a pathway that helps them to learn the self-awareness of knowing ourselves through asking, who am I? Live in relationships built by earning our places through asking, where do I fit in? Leaders as a servant who goes on a journey from me to you to us through asking the question, how can I best serve others and work vocationally and find our calling by asking the question, whose am I? This pathway to excellence means that all of our students need to be able to muster their dispositions, capacity, and the whole of their being to meet these challenges and to make the most of the opportunities that are presented to them. They don't need to be perfect or even exceptional. They just need to be committed to growth and to being the best version of themselves that they can be. They need to know, yeah, you know, and and, and that that challenge of learning who they are and and how it all fits together, Adriano, that's where the role of the teacher comes in, doesn't it? Absolutely. So they need to know what they're learning and that's aspiration. They need to go on a journey of encounter, connection, challenge and discovery to acquire character and competencies. That's experience. They need to collaborate with their teachers, mentors and experts as the co-authors of the narrative of their learning journey and that's agency. They need to discover their own identities and how best to express them through their learning and relationships and that's voice they need to be provided with the time, support and conditions that will help them to make the most of their learning and that's resource. So if you put all of those together, aspiration, experience, agency, voice and resource, we're starting to gain a a, a real idea about what fit for purpose might actually mean. If all things are as they ought to be, then the strengths of our learners will come to the fore in their learning, living, leading and working and allow them both to leave their mark and to measure up in terms of their sense of belonging, the fulfillment of their potential, and their propensity to do that which is good and right. And they will have passed on what they've found on their journeys of discoveries to others. And that's why Adriano, at A School for Tomorrow, we wanna help students, teachers, and school leaders to build the character, competency, and wellness that allow them to make progress on a pathway to excellence that gives them the adaptive expertise and self-efficacy required for them to thrive in their world.
1: It's really, it's really interesting uh, sitting here listening to you, know, Phil, because uh, earlier today I attended a TEDx Melbourne TED Circle webinar, so to speak, and and the theme of it was unpacking resilience. And it's an interesting phrase, resilience, which we I know we've discussed particularly with Jano and in Series Two. But you know, my key takeaway from that event today was this notion of how do we meet the current moment you know, and then how do we then leverage this notion of resourcefulness to adapt well to the new or to the difficult situations? And how then do we, are we able to think creativity, uh, creatively, I should say? So much of what I'm just sharing there with you is exactly what you've just been talking about uh, around this notion of how can we help students, teachers and school leaders build their competency, their character and their wellness to have that adaptive expertise To be able to not only bounce back, which is kind of a a term that's used with resilience, but to be more resourceful, to be able to think of new adaptive ways to thrive going forward. So with that in mind, let's examine each of these components in turn. And the first one that we've always spoken about, Phil, in our toolkits of recent time is character. Being the way we live life. So do we belong? Are we fulfilling our potential? Are we doing what is right and just? These are the powerful questions that we ask. And sometimes to answer them, we search deep and discover an inner sense of who we are and who we are may become. This is our mask as a person, I suppose. And, and, and other times we try to fulfill the expectations of others. This is our measure of a person. And so through the course of our lives, as we express the civic character of belonging, the performance character of fulfilling potential and the moral character of doing what is good and right, we wrestle in that moment of struggle. In that moment of self-discovery, we wrestle with both leaving a mark and then, of course, measuring up. And this is how ultimately we're going to form character. And this is how we show who we have been and ultimately who we're we becoming.
0: Oh, it's, it's, it's so important, Adriano, that we understand that concept of the wrestle. We want to make things easy and we want uh, our children to be happy. But life is challenging and all of us need to be able to struggle with that which we encounter and to see if we can do our very best to meet the challenge and move on to the next stage of the pathway to excellence. We also need to be able to demonstrate how we've grown in character during an educational process and that's competency. Competency is deliberately and simultaneously put together to ask questions of us. And those questions ask us to know, to do, to be, and to learn all at the same time. When a competency is achieved, the knowledge, skills, dispositions, and learning habits that are cultivated during the social and educational processes we experience are demonstrated in our values, our qualities, and the outcomes we demonstrate. And through our work with Game Changers, as we've been learning about how schools are putting together their understanding of the competencies required to thrive in the world. It's helped us to consolidate how we at A School for Tomorrow might group these competencies. And, and we talked about them earlier, and it'd be good if, if we could for a wee moment to, uh, to just unpack these a little bit. So four competencies we need to thrive in our world, and that matches four stages of inquiry that follow the developmental process of the Pathways to Excellence. So there's learning. Learning competency aligns with the quest towards self-awareness and the meeting of the expectation to know yourself. It is about learning who we are and what we can do in response to the question, who am I? It can be signified in particular by our academic and other achievements and attainments that give us indications of the milestones we've achieved that might act as a passport to validate our progress and give us ongoing entry to a continuum of learning and unlearning as we seek to become stronger in all of the facets of our lives. And we can track learning competency, particularly through a person's values and beliefs, their personal development and their academic development. Living competency aligns with the search for relationship and meeting the expectation that we must earn our place. It is about us learning about our people and our place and how we earn a response to the question, where do I fit in? It can be recognised by the way in which we show our understanding of and respect for the people and places and the language, customs, honourable traditions, rituals and values of the people and places from where we've come and to where we're going. And we can track living competency, particularly through a person's network of family and friends, home life and finances and relational development. The third broad area of competency is leading. Lead competency aligns with the challenge of service and meeting the expectation that we must go on a journey from me to you to us. It's about us applying our learning and our living competencies towards answering the question, how can I best serve others? Our dedication to cause, our contributions to the community, our voluntary acts of participation, and our formal and informal roles of leadership all help us to build a model of our practice that's based on the action, service, and community-minded values on which our leadership for the future will be based. We can track leadership competency, particularly through a person's formal leadership experience, service and volunteering and their leadership development. The fourth and final competency group is work. Work competency aligns with the discovery of a vocational commitment and meeting the expectation to find your calling. It's related to, but about much more than jobs and careers. And it answers the questions, whose am I? It is about how we've built around us the supportive network of people for and with whom our opportunities, goals, schedule, and progress might find a meaningful home. We can track work competency, particularly through a person's sense of social purpose, their planning, and their career development.
1: There's so much to really absorb there, isn't there, Phil? I mean, we started off with character. We moved to competency in those four particular areas of learn, live, lead, and work. And now, we finally shift our focus to something that's probably going to underpin it all and bring it together and this this notion of wellness how we experience health and happiness in the world our wellness and it's not just how we feel is influenced by our health our physical our psychological our emotional and our spiritual our satisfaction with the lives we're leading and the sense of purpose and connectedness that we currently have our character is directly affected by our wellness and how well we are is so very important to how well we will live our lives and, and how we are going to become something through all of the social relationships and educational processes and journeys towards character we experience on various pathways to excellence. A, a clear feature, uh, Phil, that we discovered when we shared our Continuous Learning Toolkit Volume 2, Leading Through Crisis, was that the, the delivery models that we demonstrated to our audience had this explicit focus on well-being and then had learning as the wraparound. And so from my perspective, you know, to prepare today's learners to thrive in this new world environment, a whole new wellness by design framework is needed. And at the centre of this framework must be this kind of explicit purpose-driven social construct based on the reality that all young people are home to a life and that, and that the individual and the collective wellness encompasses all dimensions of life within any community.
0: Yeah, and you know, within these learning communities, Adriano, there's a positive sense of individual wellness that needs to support that base for rich learning, growth and achievement. As you said, it's wellness at the core, wellness first with learning as the wraparound that flows from a whole person who's well. And, and that's what enables learners to thrive throughout their time at school and beyond. Wellness and the full flourishing of the individual—it can't be separated from learning. And post COVID-19, we really have the powerful potential to help positively disrupt education forever. And the key to this is genuinely human-centered reimagining. Therefore, it's so imperative that any continuous learning competency framework for a school community needs to develop a learning ecosystem model that equips the learner, empowers the learner, and it enables the learner, positioning wellness. At the heart of school life, wellness is an interesting word, isn't it? It's 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 yeah. it's, it's it's around us everywhere at the moment, isn't it? And it, it's uh, we know educationally from what we've been seeing that a focus on wellness is absolutely imperative now, perhaps even more than ever before. And when we're talking about wellness, we're not talking about goop, we're not talking about a visit to a base <laughs> bar, we're not talking about a regular massage, although a little bit of self pampering is always welcomed. Yes. Wellness by design, and, and, and I want to give props to you, my friend, because th- th- this is you know, really a lot of your thinking over recent months in your interactions with schools uh, here in Australia and all around the world in the various different fora uh, that, that you inhabit. Wellness by design refers to a sense of wholeness and that connection that entails personal growth, character and competency, healing from the residual of one's past and the integration of self-worth and agency. And we know that maintaining personal wellness often requires commitment and significant effort. It's hard to do. We need to be committed to it and we need to keep going as we make our journey on the pathway to excellence through acknowledging our whole selves, not just the parts we think are amazing or the parts that that our our families are telling us we need to attend to or the different bits and pieces that seem to take up uh, so much prominence in the stuff of school life not just parts but our blind spots our whole selves can become better equipped to connect with the other and further open up ways of our social cultural and spiritual awareness
1: yeah it's, it's really fascinating what you're saying there because so much of what you're saying Phil resonates with me from the special series in series two that you did with Leanne Wilson and Julie Andrews you know both of those proud, proud Indigenous uh, women shared so much of this notion of of wellness, you know, healing from the residual of the past but really kind of growing from from those experiences and then passing that on. And that really formed not only their character but that of the community uh, in, in which they continue to serve. And, and there's no doubt that they also taught us the importance of opening our minds and being uh, open to the possibility of the social, cultural and spiritual awareness of Indigenous Australians. And I just thank you for, for the work that you did in that space, particularly with both those women in, in, in allowing us to hear their, their unique stories. Because like I said, ultimately, I feel it's about wellness. I want to continue this kind of thinking about wellness a little bit. So so in the context of, context of schooling, though, how do we truly meet this moment? It is time to shift the emphasis. The investment from the seduction of just academic prowess and league tables achievement. We have to look past that. It's time for learning communities to amplify the central position of wellness by design as we support each young person to move from this notion of being resilient to the power of resourcefulness of self-efficacy, personal aspiration, adaptive expertise, agency and advocacy that you spoke so eloquently of before, uh, earlier on in this, in this particular episode. We, we need to consider the, the role of personal goals, challenging assumptions, cognitive flexibility, courage, of course, over fear, emotional regulation and self-determination in supporting young people to flourish for their future, not ours, theirs. All fostered in a school ecosystem that values high support, which is the wellness component, as much as high expectations, which is the academic component. A school that explicitly cultivates relationships that give each young person a profound sense of psychological safety where they are known, where they are valued and where they are loved through this kind of authentic feeling that someone has their back always in their corner. I mean, after all, we all need a champion uh, and and that's fundamental. It may seem kind of counterintuitive feel to put wellness at the center and allow it to permeate throughout the whole of learning instead of confining it to a box in its own and attending to it as an afterthought. But if we're not well, then how are we to thrive? How are we to make progress? How are we to succeed? It's time, Phil, it's time for all schools to create wellness by design. So if we
0: were going to create a school which was well by design and whose students were well by design and teachers and leaders and broader community members, how would we measure whether or not we're getting there? You know, Adriana, I was, I was it's having a conversation uh, in the wee hours of, uh, of the morning with a uh, client. Uh, in Montreal, in Canada, who is asking really searching questions about how we put rigorous metrics around what really matters in education, which is the wholeness of a person and the learning in which they are engaged. Uh, It's so easy to measure things that don't matter, and yet, as a profession, we're just starting to learn about how we do measure the things that really matter. And that's part of the really exciting thing about working with the team at a school for tomorrow and in this forum of the game changers in particular because we're starting to understand what are the things that really matter? Well, there's growth. And that means how much progress we make in gaining competency. There's motivation, which means how confident we are in exercising this competency once we have it. There's engagement, which is about a disposition towards further growth in competency. There's achievement, which means how successful we are in applying our competency. And then there's qualification, which means how that competency is validated and accredited externally. So if you put together growth, motivation, engagement, achievement and qualification, we need to understand that All of these concepts are connected with each other intimately and that inherent in this connectedness is the measurement of a person's progress according to growth in mastery of their competencies, organisation of one's life around these competencies, and a sense of thriving in the world through these competencies. That means that when we're trying to measure the wellness by design, the whole of learning through the competencies of learning, living, leadership and work that it comes down to two essential qualities, adaptive expertise and self-efficacy. We mentioned those a little bit earlier. Adaptive Mm -hmm. expertise means how human beings grow in their character, competencies and wellness, and then how they use these things to solve known and new problems. It is, in essence, our commitment to growth. And then there's self-efficacy, which means how we organise ourselves And our learning living leadership and work to optimize our character competencies and wellness so that they can thrive in our world so self-efficacy is our capacity to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be so what does it come down to adriano are we committed to growth and are we committed to becoming the best version of ourselves that we can be it all comes down to that pathway to excellence which is promoted by that research-driven and evidence-based knowledge architecture of how to educate for that, which we call the way. And this is, of course, led by game changers, those fierce and passionate advocates for the way in which we can be doing today's learning for tomorrow's world.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, uh, you're spot on there, mate. And we've been very fortunate that uh, for Series 3, There are 10 individuals who will slowly unveil uh, over the next couple of weeks through each episode who have shared so much of not only their expertise and lived experience, but this commitment to adaptivity and, of course, self-efficacy in in the the schools and communities and organisations that they lead. In the end, Phil, the whole of education is ultimately going to be about preparing students to thrive and succeed. Thriving means human beings who have the adaptive expertise and self-efficacy to apply their character, their competency, and their wellness to learn, live, lead, and work in a world that needs them to become, and these are our graduate outcomes, good people, future builders, continuous learners and unlearners, solution architects, responsible citizens, and finally, team creators. Thanks, Adriana. I can't
0: wait to dig into this series with you. It's, it's, it's been such a blast getting to know each other and working together and getting to know our game changers and learning so much about what's happening in schools and the education all over the world. You know, the, the opportunity to talk with educators and social entrepreneurs who, who are challenging our binary thinking and inspiring us to use the notion of normal in schooling differently. Each of them brings a, a really deep understanding of character, competency and wellness that is the whole of learning and what young people need from our care to thrive in their future. I wanna ask you one question before we sign off this Adriana. Do you think a school can be a game changer as well?
1: Yeah, I think if, if, a, school can, if a school community or a learning community can really focus on transforming their culture and placing a human-centered design at the center of of all their decision-making, everything from the way in which they manage their finances to the resources that they cultivate through the facilities to through the opportunities, how they treat their staff, how they treat their students, how they treat their parents and volunteers and everyone that encounters that organization. I I honestly believe that schools are these organic kind of life social uh, entities that surely as an entire, they could be a game changer. That's my perspective, but it takes individuals within them to believe in that values proposition.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? When we work in a school, we're given an opportunity to exercise stewardship and leadership for a period of time, but a school is much bigger than any individual. You might have the opportunity to change the game within your immediate sphere of influence. But, uh, you know, we're all heading the same way. It's either, you know, it's either a box in the ground or a pile of ashes, Adriano, and when we're gone, the school will be there, the school will remain. That's why when we're thinking about that concept of a school for tomorrow, we're so focused, not just on the game changers operating within it, but how that school can build the whole of learning that will help it to be an enduring source of game-changing culture, as you put it. I can't wait, yeah. Adriano. Shall should, should we dig into this series? Absolutely. I'm looking very much forward to it. Let's go. The Game Changers podcast is produced by Oliver Cummins for Orbital Productions and supported by Circle, the Centre for Innovation, Research, Creativity, and Leadership in Education. Go to www.circle.education. The podcast is hosted on SoundCloud. It's distributed through Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe and tell your friends you like what you're hearing.